to linger here like this Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two On the front porch with you Welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your regular Disney podcast. I am Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and we are joined this week by our good friend, Heidi Tyler. Hi, Heidi. Hello. Hi. Uh, Tony, you said hello at the same time that Heidi was trying to say hi. <laughs> it's okay. What are you doing, Tony? Hi. You're killing me. Okay. Well, this, this It's going to be a good episode. We're talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. Heidi... You you are uh, obviously you've been on the show before when we talked about Robin Hood, uh, talking about those mm-hmm. sexy foxes. Um, yes. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, like I said before, I am married to a man that we got married on Halloween, which is why I love this movie so much. Well, I liked it before I liked him, so <laughs> moot point, I guess. <laughs> um, I am a stay-at-home mom for now. Don't do a lot of cleaning around the house, but everyone is well loved. Um, I I like watching a lot of Netflix. I like bacon pies, not bacon pies, but like baking pies. Right. And I like talking to my friends on phone on their podcast. That's Perfect. good. That's where we're at. Uh, you know, actually, I, we realized something last time uh, after we we finished you came on the the show for that episode we didn't have mm-hmm. any rapid fire questions for you last time and uh that broke tradition of sorts it, it, the, the universe started crumbling all around us um that's what that was okay yeah that's why we have to do it <laughs> so uh it, it's that and tony has to tell at least one joke and then we're out of the contract so um tony has some uh, some rapid fire questions for you this time and uh, Tony, okay. why don't you why don't you take it away? Okay, Heidi, what is your favorite Disney movie? Star Wars. Uh, okay. Mm. Uh, sh- uh, sure. Uh, Heidi, what's your favorite non Disney movie? Favorite non Disney movie. Um, this isn't very rapid of me. I'm so sorry. No. Pitch Black. What'd yeah. you say? Pitch Black. The Chronicles of Riddick. Ugh. Ugh. Oh. Um, uh, it's pitch black before it was any sort of Chronicles of Riddick. Okay, all right, fine. At least in the movie. <laughs> you leave me alone. <laughs> I, I've, never, I've never watched it. I don't know. I believe you. What is uh, your favorite Disney princess? Oh, I want to say Princess Leia, but you got mad at me before for saying Star Wars. Uh, I like uh, Belle. Matt I like is... Belle a lot. <laughs> Okay, what's your favorite non-Disney princess? Princess Diana. Okay. R.I.P. Okay. Um, what is your favorite holiday? Halloween. Okay. Uh, would you rather have to put up outdoor Christmas lights for all of your neighbors or wrap all of the holiday presents for all of your neighbors? Wrap all of the holiday presents, for sure. Okay. Would you rather eat only holiday food for the whole year or only watch holiday movies for the whole year? Eat holiday food the whole year. Okay. Uh, Would you rather have all of your presents wrapped terribly or not have them wrapped at all or something else? Or something else. Perfect. (laughs) 
Well, all of my presents are usually wrapped horribly, so I'll take that. <laughs> Would you rather wear light-up Christmas lights or wear a red nose every day during the holiday season? Light-up clothes, for sure. Cool. Well, that is my uh, christmas E and holiday E uh, uh, rapid fire. Gosh, you guys, I was so nervous. I'm, like, gripping my table. My hands oh, my. are sweaty. <laughs> All right. Well, well uh, we started off with Star Wars and <laughs> threw everything <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, you did. You did well, though. Good. Good answers, um, with the exception of Star Wars. Um, Why? <laughs> um, so uh, we we were talking about this movie, this uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and we're doing it for Christmas. It's not Halloween. It's when we're recording this. It's not even Halloween yet, but we're recording it almost. For, for a Christmas episode. Um, Heidi, tell us why why this movie. Why, why did you want to talk about this movie? I like this movie because a lot of people, when they think of Christmas movies, they like the happy people falling in love and this sort of thing. And I've never been like that. I just wanted to see a bunch of dead people <laughs> writhing around and singing songs. <laughs> so I just, I wanted to be different my whole life. And I just felt like this movie was perfect for that. A lot of people didn't like it when I was growing up. Oh, that's like, but I did. Now it's like super popular yeah. everywhere. Yeah, I know. I was like hipster before it was cool to be hipster. I guess. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, like, this is actually really good because I have seen this movie twice total. Like, okay, ever. yeah, I, uh, and I think Josh I've seen, seen it, it twice in the week. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like it's really nice to have like like. I don't have like a ton of depth, like in deep, in depth perception around this movie. Like I have like a very surface level, like wow, that's weird. They're skeleton singing, uh, and I know that you've seen it like a hundred thousand times. So like this would be really useful to like, just like, have the discussion about like yeah, well that that skeleton singing means this, this, and this. That's gonna be very exciting. Yeah, that's a lot of pressure you're putting on me. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, me and Tony talked about it on our uh, on our top ten episode when we were talking about our top ten movies. This landed in my top ten. I think this ended up being my number nine. Um, and Tony, it didn't even make Tony's list. I think, right? I don't know. It was on there somewhere. I just have never seen it. Like I've only well, seen it twice. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I, I love this movie specifically for the music, and it's something that Heidi and I talked about beforehand. That like. The music in this movie is just so recognizable and so pretty um, and so unique. Everything in this movie is very unique. And I think that's why I agree with you, Heidi, that this is this is probably one of my higher up Disney movies um, because it is very interesting. It's very unique to, to this movie. Um, it does have that Tim Burton feel uh, while also having the, the Danny Elfman music feel. And that's that's kind of exciting to me. I really like it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, yeah. I know when we talked about music, especially, you said that you had a lot of notes about uh, music and behind the scenes things regarding this movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to say something about it? Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> what I liked, my favorite thing about it is um, when Danny Elfman wrote the songs, there was no script to go off of. Right. Um, Pretty much, he was just talking to Tim Burton, and Tim was kind of like, "Well, this is what I think should go as would go on," and you know, kind of drew pictures out of the characters, 
And then he'd say, okay, bye, have a nice day. And then Danny would go sit down and just start writing music for him. Call him up and say, hey, here's the song. What do you think? Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. So tell me what about, about the next part of the movie. And then he just wrote the whole, all of the music for it, just for funsies, basically. Well, that's really interesting. So, like, the music was written, like, separately from the script. Huh. Yeah, actually, one of yeah. the, the, the cool trivia notes I have is that um, Danny Elfman found that writing the, the ten songs of this movie was, quote, one of the easiest jobs I ever had um, because I had a lot in common with Jack Skellington. Um, that's so, so cool. Yeah, it's really interesting because he he made the, the music very easily. The words came very naturally to him. Mm-hmm. Um, One of my also... notes about Danny Elfman is that he also kind of looks like if Adam Savage from Mythbusters and Elton John had a baby, <laughs> it would look like Danny Elfman. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and the other, the really cool thing about it is that Danny Elfman was actually also the singing voice. Uh, he played the, yes. the singing voice of Jack Skellington, which is really, really cool. Um, and Chris Sarandon was the speaking voice and they chose chris sarandon because his speaking voice sounded like danny elfman's singing voice uh mm -hmm. so kind of a cool thing there I, I i like the music behind this movie has so much stuff going on i love it wow that's so weird mm -hmm. so like they built this whole movie around the music that's so interesting yeah i love that that's so cool well they they built it off of um tim had written a poem about the you know this whole story that he had in mind. He said that when he was a kid, he would go to the stores when they would have half Halloween stuff out and half Christmas stuff out. And it just gave him this idea of kind of merging the two. So he wrote a poem about it and it's got all these characters in it. And that was something that he had talked about with Disney before and Disney wasn't very interested in it. And then however long later, he was like, I still want to do this. They were like, you know what? Okay. So they based it off of this poem and then the music was just based off of pictures and ideas it's pretty cool yeah pretty cool use of that story um the other really cool thing that i found out while tim burton tim burton had done other things with disney at this point like he'd already done um james and the giant peach um and mm -hmm. i think he also helped did he help with alice in wonderland what was the other one that he helped with i feel like there was another um i don't know anyway he, he helped with another <laughs> one um and one of the really funny things is that in this movie, uh, he uh, one of the things that they said was that Oogie Boogie was originally intended to be uh, Dr. Finkelstein in disguise. And Tim Burton was yeah. so uh, upset by this idea that he like screamed and literally kicked a hole in the wall because he was like, no, that doesn't work. That's not who he is. They had actually animated that as an alternative ending, um, and I watched it in the special features, and, like, it was supposed to be Dr. Finkelstein, um, who is every woman's worst nightmare, basically. Right. Uh, it's supposed to be him trying to get back at Sally, so he kind of, his seams come unrip, and Dr. Finkelstein pops out, and is like, no, and then gets flown away. <laughs> it's pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty cool idea. Oh, the, the other thing is that Disney really wanted Jack to have eyes. Mm -hmm. They didn't like that he didn't have eyes. They thought it was super creepy. And that was one of the things that Tim was like, hard, no, he's a skeleton. He doesn't need eyes. Right. And what was cool about the way that they did that 
is they had made let's see um hundreds of replacement heads for jack they used like 400 replacement heads for him and so all of the emotion that they were able to get from him was just replacing the faces and so they would do that for each scene. So like, even though he doesn't have eyes, his expressions, even for being a stop motion, was just insane because there were so many different ones to pick from. Yeah, That's awesome. And, and yeah, the fact that this is a stop motion movie that Disney did, I love that about this movie. Um, the, it was the first one to be entirely stop motion uh, because we did have James and the Giant Peach that was partially stop motion. This one was entirely stop mm-hmm. motion. Um it was also only the second Disney movie, or fully fully animated Disney movie to be um, to be PG after Black Cauldron. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool too. The other, the last note that I have, the last uh, piece of trivia that I have is that in two thousand one, Walt Disney Pictures began to consider producing a sequel, um, but rather than Ooh. using stop motion, Disney wanted to use computer animation. Um, Tim Burton convinced Disney to drop the idea and he said I always wanted or I was always very protective of Nightmare not to do sequels or things that of that kind Burton explained uh, you know Jack visits Thanksgiving world or other kinds of things just because I felt the movie had a purity to it and the people like it uh, so he was like it, and we were talking about this as well beforehand that like there's all these other worlds I would love to see what's going on in these other worlds who knows what's happening in in freaking um, Leprechaun Land or whatever? Like, I would love to see. That's that. just Darby O'Gill. Yeah, exactly. Like, I I don't know. I think I would be intrigued to see those other movies, but I guess Tim Burton was like, I'm not having it. I think that this is standalone. It's by itself. It's pure. It's it's like a, a perfect representation of of what this this movie is. Um, so yeah, and that... it lets you capture your imagination for what could be, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you're forced to think about those other places without it ever being realized. Um, yeah. So I guess with that in mind, let's talk about themes. What 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 kind of themes did you guys pick up? Um, so... um one of the big what a sorry Tony. No, you're good. <laughs> one of the big things that I saw and that I had heard because I watched the bonus things that I had was eight hours of bonus features and I watched all of it and so unfortunately those those are on my notes that are gone but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) but like um the big differences between Halloween Town and Christmas Town goes back to even just conceptualizing it so for Halloween Town it's a lot of asymmetry um they were told that they were only supposed to use orange, black, and white in the colors that they used. Mm-hmm. And they really liked the idea of it being cross-hatched as opposed to Christmas Town, which was vivid and symmetrical and pastel colors and everything's supposed to be normal. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. they did for Halloween Town is they spread clay out over the sets and they would use stuff to scratch um, the scenes up to make it look like cross-hatch, which I thought was really cool. So the, the big difference is just... Um, kind of kind of like the mindset that you're in when you're in Halloween, or at least for me. I know when it's Halloween time, I want pumpkins. I want to watch scary movies, even though I'm terrified of scary movies. I want to stay out really late and pretend that there's vampires running around. And it's like that whole feel of Halloween, and then 
you switch over to Christmas where you just want to be really nice to everybody and have candy canes and give presents to people that you love and tell people to have a good day where on Halloween I'm just kind of like get out of my house but <laughs> to me the big, one big thing that I saw in that was just the differences that you needed to see between the scariness of Halloween and the excitement of Christmas and how Jack really 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 wanted to be a part of Christmas and he did so bad he tried he tried his best yeah <laughs> he failed really good though it was nice yeah he did he did a beautiful failure I yeah. think that's also my big takeaway is that like so like Jack ultimately was inspired by like by his failure in trying to bring about Christmas to be better at Halloween uh, mm -hmm. which is actually really interesting like he like he he learned that he can still be like uh, inspired and like he can still like have be positive in like his role as a Halloween person, which I like that a lot. I like that like we all can like have like, kind of find a role and also like grow in who we are and like be more uh, joyful. But also like it's mm -hmm. okay to be like uh, asymmetric and uh, like a little dark and orange. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean like I think that those are definitely pretty good themes. Those are pretty clear themes. I um. I guess I saw this as like an identity story. Like this is a story about somebody that has been doing the same job for generations and feels like something is missing. And so he goes searching for something to fill that void. And then he like, he's being selfish about it. This is mine now. Um, and I, for, for my identity, this is what I need to make myself feel better. And mm -hmm. we, we find out at the end that it wasn't that that he needed. It was just like a, a push to be to, to realize who he is and that that void can also be filled by something like love that he needed. Um, he needed the girl and he needed um, he needed to understand that he what his place is because he didn't realize that there were other holidays. Um, right. So like. And, and it's it's interesting to me that when we get to we see them trying to figure out what Christmas is uh, from from the Halloween perspective, they they don't understand. They can't comprehend what it is because it it's against their nature. It would be like something outside of our universe coming into our universe and then us saying, "Oh, I know exactly what this is." You have no idea what this is. You don't understand its purpose. You don't understand what it's physical components are it doesn't make any sense whatsoever yeah you don't have any context i wrote that down just like no context for what they're seeing like everything uh like the lights are like are, are foreign it's super weird to like see yeah or like why why is this thing smiling is it happy because it scared something because that's all i know so like i don't understand why someone would want a teddy bear what is it supposed to do um and so, like, they're making the best out of this, but it doesn't make any sense to them because it's entirely foreign. Uh, I, I really love yeah, that Yeah, I mean, that's, that's all of what, what the song Making Christmas, yeah. that's, like, the whole part of it. And my favorite thing from that, and I even wrote it down, was the vampire teddy bear that they made. Yeah. <laughs> no. I want to suck your blood and hug you. It's such an interesting <laughs> scene to begin with. That whole, like, making Christmas of them, like, 
doing their best is just such an interesting scene to me. Uh, like the, Let's the get turtle. To it. Let's do it. Yeah. The the turtle is what made it for me. I loved the turtle because it was like this is not this isn't fresh. You go find something fresh to make into a toy. <laughs> There's actually a deleted scene where the um, behemoth, which is the greenish colored guy with the axe in his head, mm-hmm. um, he is he's singing in that part, but he's got this beautiful opera voice, and he's like making. And he's standing behind everybody and doing these grand gestures while he's singing, and everyone's just kind of looking at him like, what is going on? I thought that, that was so funny. I wish they would have kept it. Because it's kind of like, hey, maybe this guy's got a clue of what's going on, but no. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, should we pause and watch the movie, Josh? Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, I, I guess take, uh, take a second, go watch this movie, and pause. And you're back. You watched it. You definitely, in that short section of time, I believe in you. <laughs> um, oh, hey, we didn't say this is an adult comedy podcast. So if you're a child, um, maybe don't listen to this. If you're an adult, then that's fine. You're allowed to listen to this. It's Christmas. Do what you need to do. Um, actually, you know what? Kids, too. This is your present from, from us to you. Um, it might gonna... be a spooky present, though, so careful. Yeah, we're going to teach you how to cuss, too. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh lesson one uh, <laughs> uh, okay so we, we talked about themes we talked about trivia let's get into this movie uh, Tony take it away yeah so it starts like so we start with like uh, a narrator like kind of talking about holiday worlds of old and we get the cool song this is Halloween Halloween town uh, and there's just like lots of spooky people all over the place. There's like skeletons, and there's like uh, uh, witches, and there's like a mummy, and they're all doing spooky things. Uh, and then we see Jack light himself on fire and jump out into the water, and like he comes up and he's got the spooky bow tie. And it's like, man, everybody loves that guy. He's like a super awesome, like. He's just, like, a really cool, like, uh, looking guy. Yeah. He's a cool-looking guy. He, he's a cool-looking guy. Here's the question, Make and this is something... enemy, or, like, good guy. Yeah. This is this is the question that came up for me. Is... Uh, how How is he appointed the leader? Is he the scariest? Is that why? Because, like, it's... Seems... So I actually wrote something about that. Okay. Because one of the things that the mayor was saying um, when Jack went missing... Uh, let me see if I can find it. But he's basically ding-donging at Jack's door. Right. And the mayor's the mayor says, I'm only an elected official. I How can't I make decisions? Like, why can't I make decisions by myself? Right. So he also said earlier um, Halloween was only successful because of Jack's leadership. So I guess maybe he's just the, the most charismatic skeleton ever. He's definitely yeah. the most charismatic character. Actually, he's also the worst fire swallower ever. <laughs> really? Uh, he got. He did get lit. Yeah, he, he did it. Like he swallowed his sword and burst into flames. <laughs> this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you're right. And the, the, actually, before I say anything else, the scene that you're talking about with the mayor, like ding donging at the door. Um, I, mm-hmm. I was laughing so hard because he's just standing there humming for like a really long time. It was like mm-hmm. it was like an unnecessary amount of time 
he's just standing there humming and you're like we're just watching watching somebody at the door like um i thought that was really funny but you're right like (laughs) here's the question i guess is 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 where i'm at like i'm picturing uh jack having to like displace oogie boogie and oogie boogie like going into exile because oogie boogie used to be like the king the pumpkin king because he was the scarier one like mm-hmm. i i guess like i'm i'm imagining that position the pumpkin king position to be like the scariest person around and uh and jack helped everyone be scarier so uh he became he he, he led everyone into scarierness right i mean it could have been or it could have been that oogie boogie was just his ideas of halloween just kind of got really far away from everybody else's i mean because jack's a, like a surprisingly good teacher aside from the fact that he doesn't teach them anything he tries to and he does a lot of examples and he's really good at giving encouragement to people so maybe you know they, they just didn't like how oogie boogie was trying to run stuff and, and jack just kind of said well you know i can step up and do it because i might not be the well that's not true i am queen of my house but like I get, I get, you know, encouragement from other people for throwing parties because I feel like I throw a good party. Maybe Jack's just really good at throwing parties, and yeah. Halloween's his jam. He's, you know, Halloween throw party person. I'm Jack. Oh my gosh, guys, I'm Jack Skellington. You are. You're this Jack Skellington. <laughs> You're the I'm Jack Skellington. I'm Jacqueline Skellington. Oh, oh no! And oh, I. Oh God. Jack. <laughs> my pants. <laughs> I'm scared right out of my pants. Oh, <laughs> my pants are I don't know why. I thought you just started talking about your pants. My pants are... I definitely thought all that. All of a sudden, he was like, my pants. I was like, oh, no, what's wrong with your pants? So they I got scared off. <laughs> no, my, my pants are across the room. I got scared right out of them. Um, oh, good. Uh, <laughs> you did it. Um, well, we well also, done. We- we meet uh, Sally uh, at this point as well. Um, she's like a Frankenstein, like she sort of is portrayed as like almost a teenager at the beginning. Like she's like, I want more freedom, and the like asshole like uh, Franken actually Doctor Frankenstein uh, character Finkelstein. Is- Finkelstein. Finkelstein. Yeah, he's the fucking worst. He <laughs> is. I hate that guy. Yeah. He is so uh, creepy. He is like every thing that you think of when you think of a creepy old man. Yeah. yeah. He's super creepy. Is he like her dad? Is he like trying to be represented by her dad? Well, he created her. Yeah, so, so kind like, of. Sort of. Yeah. It's the worst. So like when she's saying she wants more freedom from him, it's because he thinks he owns her, basically. Like says that. You are mine. Yeah. Yeah. I have some, like, general questions about Sally, though. Like, I, like, I really like her as a character, but I don't feel like she does that much in this movie. Right. Um, I I actually agree with you. I I think that she... and, And the fact that they have a romance at the end doesn't make any sense to me, just because, like, I don't know that they've ever spoken before. Yeah, not very formally, for sure. Like, she does stuff for him, but he like doesn't notice until the very end. So my right. question is, right? 
yeah, I have questions about that relationship that we can kind of dig into as we go. But, like, I, I think that, like, Sally could have gotten more screen time. Sally could have done more things. Well, she should have, because she was voiced by Catherine O'Hara, who's the best. I, like... You know, the mom from Home Alone? I, I believe uh, you. I, yeah, I didn't know. I was like, oh, uh, she You didn't know that? Didn't know who that is. Um, nope. Yeah, the mom from um, Home Alone. She was also in Beetlejuice. Okay. I, I mean, I Who's believe Okay. Yeah. I I don't know who she is. Uh, I'll look it up later. It's fine. I I think that she if you is... see her, you'll be like, oh, her, okay. Okay, I, I'm sure I would if I saw her face. Uh, I think that she is an interesting character. She's a very like independent character. She's a very like strong character because anytime we see her, it's just her like trying to escape or like kill Doctor Finkelstein. And I think those scenes are interesting. I don't know that they contribute to the plot at all. Um, I think her big I thing, like... her big thing with the plot, plot was that she needed to kind of have that vision of the Christmas tree, and then it kind of bursting into flames. So she needed to be there to kind of show, like, oh my gosh, maybe this is a really bad idea that Jack's trying to be Santa Claus. Because up until that point, no one really knew. They were just like, oh, cool, Jack's going to be a new Santa Claus, a creepy Santa. Jack's the, 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 the Christmas person. Right. Yeah. But yeah. Then she doesn't do anything. Like, she tries to tell Jack. Jack doesn't listen to her. And then she tries to save Sa- Santa. And then she doesn't do it. And then Jack has to or Jack has to save both of them now. Right. So, like, that's actually, that's my thing, too. Like, nothing that she does ultimately is of consequence. Like, Jack still saves the day in every, like instance which right. like kind of sucks like she, cause she's like a better character i think than that yeah and i i don't know if i think i would have liked to have seen her go up against oogie boogie or like i guess maybe her save santa and then oogie boogie escape but like i think if she had something that she did that was successful but like at the same time i still really enjoyed the scene between jack and oogie boogie like I think that scene was needed to solidify that like that relationship they used to have that but, we are assuming happened. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I like. I don't know. In any case, uh, we are learning that this is too easy for Jack. He's like bored of scaring. I grow so weary of the same old schemes. And it's like, he has this, like, uh, longing that he's never known or whatever. Uh, it's like this scene of, like, there must be more than this provincial life. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. Right? Like, she's a, a little town. Like, she's like, he wants to, um, he wants to break out of what he already has experienced. He wants to explore. Right. Right. Um. And he's walking while he's... They do that uh, iconic scene, though, where they're walking across the um, that curled-up vine. Yeah. And the, the moon's behind it. That's the best. Yeah, yeah. yeah that it's so song, iconic. That song is really cool. Uh, uh, it was actually... It just, like, looks cool. Yeah. In the... the I really scene. want uh, um, a sculpture of Jack holding his head 
the part where he's singing, since I am dead, I can take off my head and recite Shakespearean quotations where he's doing that and he's holding his head. I really want one of those to put out in my house. I don't remember if Deal. it was All Time Low or All American Rejects that did that on the uh, revisited album, but that's probably my favorite song in this movie, Jack's Lament. Mm -hmm. um, I love that song in this movie. It's it's yeah, it is my favorite song in this movie, and they just it's a very it. beautiful song. Yeah, I love the whole revisited album. Corn did a song on that out. Uh, mm -hmm. Did a kidnap the Sandy Claws. Like, there's a lot of really great people on that album. Strongly recommend it. Cool. I didn't even know this existed. Like a rock album for yeah. It, well, it's like this? yeah, a bunch of um, a bunch of like a couple of metal people, a couple of like new agey indie kind of people, uh, a couple of like punk people joined on the album. It's very interesting. Sweet. I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, so we move on from there and uh, like Sally goes back to the Frankenstein guy and he's like, Sally, you came back. And she's like, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, she, and he says this is where he says like don't run off you are mine uh, like and and you know she also is saying basically like I don't want to be yours I want like I'm restless I want to explore as well like so that's what she and Jack have in common there mm -hmm. but like again like they don't really talk about it for most of the movie uh, anyway, so Jack walks through the woods uh, and, like, finds he wakes up sort of, like, walking and uh, he he goes into Christmas Town. Mm-hmm. Can and, we like, just talk about how cute Zero is? Yeah, he's very cute. Oh, yeah, we should. He's a dog. He's, like, a ghosty dog. He doesn't he, have any legs. He's the cutest thing. He likes... He doesn't need legs. He's so cute. Jack's ribs. He likes eating Jack's ribs. No. Super weird. He's a dog. <laughs> That's loyalty. Here's the moment, though, that, that Jack is, like, walking, and he falls asleep while walking, and then he continues walking while he's asleep, and then he wakes up, and he's like, have I been walking this whole time? Uh, weird. And huh. he has to, like, choose between these doors. Uh, I, I, I guess what drew him to that door in particular? Like, what about that door appealed to him? It's the most opposite, right? It's the most opposite from Halloween. What was also had a lot of stuff on it. It was very shiny. Yeah, that's true. That's what I mean. And I feel, like... Like, I feel like Jack would be like, ooh, shiny, and walk yeah. towards it. It's vibrant, right? So, like, Halloween is, like, orange and black, and Christmas is literally alive with a, a tree on the door. You know, right? Yeah, like the the Fourth of July door had firecrackers on it. The Valentine's Day door just had a harp on it. The Easter egg, which was had a little bit of color in it, but it was just an egg. There was a clover for the St. Patrick's Day one, just a turkey on it for Thanksgiving, and then you know, obviously the Halloween door, and then the Christmas door was just like, wow, look at that. Yeah, and then there was the President's Day door that had a blanket on it, uh, uh -huh. and then there was the birthday door. Where it's everybody's birthday all of the time, uh, and you know, uh, what, what's another door? Uh, Arbor Day, where it's just a tree, a regular tree. 
It <laughs> doesn't have any lights on it. Okay. Doesn't have so... any lights on it. <laughs> so this is where we get the what's this? What's this? What's this? What's this? Yes. The thing that I wrote down about what's this is it reminds me of Gene Kelly in Singing in the Rain, where he's just like running through this town and like playing on light lampposts and just fascinated by it. So every time I watch that, it just makes me think of Singing in the Rain. Yeah. yeah, he's so he's so excited. Like he's never seen so many people that are happy and alive and like. Well, he's confused. He's like, "There's colorful. there's nothing under the bed. Why? How are these kids <laughs> sleeping without anything under the bed? I'm so confused." Nobody's terrorizing the children. Oh my god! Exactly. <laughs> yeah, these people are having dreams instead of nightmares. Weird. Mm-hmm. Um, or like snow. He's never seen snow before. Um, so like it, Which it, it is, weird, is an interesting because he scene. like is in charge of Halloween and there's definitely snow on Halloween in lots of places, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's from the south. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> uh it, I mean it's a cool song. But I, I love that song. I love that song with this. I had it play it was the last song that played before our wedding started. Because I was so nervous before the wedding, but I remember thinking to myself, What's this is going to play? And then I get married. And so it was like an awesome, I love that song. It's so cool. And it's so happy. It's one of the happier songs of the movie. Yeah. And so I definitely wanted that to be played right before my wedding, just to remind people that we weren't also having a very normal wedding. So that was kind of my nod to everybody else to kind of say, you know, we're having a wedding, but it's still on Halloween. And for me to kind of relax and say, that you know, this is going to be fun. And so... That's why I love what's this so much. Yeah, it, it's cool too. I really I like the the song because like he's he, he seems innocent, right? He seems like this this excited child that's never seen any of these things before. It's like a kid that's seeing toys for the first time. Um, it's, it's reverse it's, of the Grinch. Yeah, it's exactly. It's 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 very exciting. It's very new. Um, Actually, now that you mention it, there's a lot of similarities to the Grinch here. It's mm-hmm. just that, like, it's opposite. Yeah, he like he cares. He like is excited by all of these things. Yes, yeah, he's stealing. Like, it he because is like he cares. the Grinch in that he's like he like is you know more comfortable in like the dank and the weird, but like um, right, he he's actually like drawn to the like alive and the. And that's, like, cool because, like, you can have both in your personality, right? Like, you can be a Halloween person and a Christmas person because, like, most of us are probably, right? Right. Right. Let's be honest. Christmas or Halloween through Christmas is game changer. It's lit through Halloween through Christmas. It is pies. It is cakes. It is days off from work. Yeah. I love Halloween through Christmas. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> A lot more eating. That's true. Um, so we there, there's this. I, I can't get past the circle of elder trees, um, and it seems like the way back is always just some kind of of tomb. If there's any kind of like cemetery, he can get back to his own world. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how he knew to do that, but it seems kind of cool to me. Um, but this circle of yeah. elder trees. Who knows where these trees come from? I I can't get past it. I think it's so cool. And and does each of the worlds have this or just Halloween Town? Are you talking about the like the way that like the the 
like between the Christmas and the Halloween and the Easter and whatever. Yeah, like this circle of, of elder trees, these like super magic trees. Does each world have one of those those portal circles, or is it just Halloween? I mean, you kind of think that they'd have to. Right. Yeah. Or, or does each of them like if you walk far enough, you'll find this same circle of trees. I think it's maybe that. you have to be not looking for it. Mm. To not be looking for it to find the other trees. So you just I don't know because then how would he have gotten home? Yeah, I think he went through the Halloween door. Maybe he just clicked his heels three times and ended up back. Yeah, or in he the woods. Had, uh, Jack Sparrow's compass that works too. Correct. Uh, yeah. well, I don't know. I think he would have wanted to stay there. Well, I mean, so he he comes back to like to show all of his his like people about like the people he cares about about like the cool Christmas presents and stockings. Yes, and, yeah, like, he, very much so a reverse confused. Grinch. All of this yeah. shit that he just stole from these people that nobody noticed that he stole all this shit. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah. really funny. Like he like he's a funny guy. Like in this scene, like this this scene was my favorite scene where he's like bringing out the presents and like the the lights and like all the people are like. Oh wow! Is there a foot in that stocking? This is great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like they can't like comprehend. Like they literally cannot understand why there would just be like a bright red stocking that you would hang up. Like it's really cool. I like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Like everything is is put through the lens of like what can scare people. Um, yeah. Like right. Sandy claws. Yeah. Uh, he he finally and, like, just leans into it and he's like. Okay, whatever. If they're excited, then I'll I'll do it this way. Yeah, I'll make them excited about however, right? Like, yeah. but he like he's he knows that he's not really like getting through. He knows he's not saying like what's what they're receiving is not what he means. Yeah, because they're it's not actually experiencing a really interesting it. moment. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, I I, I kind of feel like. Jack genuinely thinks that this guy's name is Sandy Claus. Yeah, I think that's true. Because, I, because he, there's another part where he where he actually meets Santa Claus, where he's like, "Hey, you have hands. You don't have claws at all." Yeah, I think he's also suffering from the same like I don't understand that something cannot be scary. So like, I, I love that he says it in such a spooky way, though. Yeah. Yeah. Then they call him Sandy Claus. He's like a it. lobster, yeah. It's this cool <laughs> tie into the beach. Um, I mean, that would make sense. He wears big red gloves. Yeah, he wears the red, and he, he's bright red like a lobster, and he's got sandy claws. Um, yep, he does have sandy claws. Yeah. He, I, I'm picturing a, a, a Santa lobster now, and I wish that that was our, our lore. I would prefer that. Um, well, if you want one for Christmas, I know what I'm getting you. Okay, that's perfect. I think I do. Um, <laughs> so, but he he is being selfish here, right? Like this, it's not just me. He he is being selfish and trying to steal this this pure thing that he experienced, so that he continue to he can continue to feel that way later on, right? Like he he is being a selfish jerk right now. Is he? I don't know. It's a, is it selfish to like? want to be joyful I mean is it selfish to, 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 to kind of show everybody else like I found this really exciting thing I want to share it with you you know he spends all this time trying to make um, paper snowflakes and he, when he does it he just ends up making a spider out of the snowflake right 
Yeah, like and, he's he's definitely <laughs> doing the science, like to figure out what is it about these things that is different, right? Like, what is it that brought about that joy that I experienced, right? So he's like, going yeah, I was it. telling. I was telling Josh that I had one of the equations that he had written down on his um, blackboard about trying to figure out Christmas. And it's like snowman times chestnuts over an open fire divided by bells. Yeah. Over the square root of December 25th plus Sandy Claus equals Christmas? Question mark. Yeah. He's like trying to figure out like why, why is Christmas joyful? And these things around Christmas joyful versus like what I'm used to is scary. Like he's trying to. Well, I guess you can out. say. Okay. Yeah, you can say that in contrast to that, um, while he's trying to do all this thing, Sally literally throws herself out of her window. Yeah, that's <laughs> so <important. laughs> That is metal. She literally yeah. throws herself out of the window so she could go see Jack. And give him this yeah. fleeting moment of happiness. Um. And that's her happiness. Well, yeah. I I guess, okay, I think that's fair, that he's not being selfish yet. I think he's being selfish yet. when the moment comes that he's like, he just gives up on trying to find the reason and says, we'll just do it my way. Um, yeah. I think he that's, eventually that's is fair. definitely going to be selfish. Yeah. Because yeah. um, that moment, that scene where he's like, um, I don't understand why I can't figure this out. What's missing? What am I forgetting? And then he's just like, mm -hmm. who cares? Like, I can, we can do it their way. We can do it my way and, and take Christmas as my own. And we'll do it ourselves. And yeah, we're basically going to, he's like, we're going to invade Christmas, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For uh, selfish but like, reasons. As, like, on the other side, let's talk about like what, what happened with Sally. Like, I, I actually need help with this scene. Because I, again, this is only the second I don't totally get what they're trying to do. With Sally putting herself together, Sally comes over and like gives him the like bottle with a a, a butterfly smoke in it, and then right. runs off. Like, what is Sally trying to do there? What is the creator trying to do? I mean, I think that she's just got a crush on Jack, and it's one of those things where I know that I had growing up when you have somebody that you like, but you don't think that they think you exist because everybody loves Jack. I mean, he's got to be nice to everybody in the town. So she brings him this stuff and then takes off because she doesn't want him to know that it was from her. So that's what I kind of thought of it as. It's like, she just, she loves Jack. She's got such a big crush on him. It goes to bring him this stuff and then freaks out and is like, okay, wait, no, I'm not ready. And runs away. Yeah. I, I took it to mean like, because she, he saw her, he like waved at her and she waved back. And then he opened the bottle and enjoyed this fleeting moment of happiness, and then she left. I, I think that she, I think it's a moment of concern, right? Like she sees him in his in his tower all the time. He never comes out, trying to figure this thing out. And I think that she is concerned about him to a point. Well, that's that, when she has that vision. Yeah, exactly. So, like, I think that she. She's concerned enough that she wants to help. She wants to give him this bleeding moment of happiness with this butterfly, let him know that somebody's out here, somebody cares, and then that's that's all she needed. And then maybe she ran off scared. Um I and and then she has the vision. You're right. So like this is the point that she realizes, "Oh, I was right to be concerned." Mhm. Mm 
Yeah, the vision's really yeah. interesting to me. Is that like, I don't know, is it just like the magic of the doors is like telling her that like Jack should not mess with this this power or whatever? I would say that maybe she's just, that's just one of her scary things that she can do. She can kind of see into the future maybe and have these mm-hmm. visions. But like, I love that she sits down and plucks a thistle from the ground is pulling the little things off. Does he love me? Does he not? And then it just turns into a Christmas tree and she's like, oh, how pretty. You know, she could kind of see where Jack would be captivated by this beautiful Christmas tree. And then it just bursts into flames and she's like, holy shit, something's about to go down. Yeah. Gotta warn Jack. So, okay. Jack doesn't listen. So here's the question. (laughs) Here's another question. Why is it that she sees things differently than everyone else here like uh why why is it that she isn't this scary creature that needs to be scary she can see things for what they are what's different about her compared to other she's a woman well there are other women here we know that (laughs) yeah i mean there's the witches uh so Uh, yeah she's all like she's i think that that's true but like also like she's a captive to the like world in which they're living like it's Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. in the world that she's living in for frankenstein to just like lock her in the tower she was also kind of made yeah and that's what i was she was made and finkelstein doesn't like how she acts and that could just be part of it she sees how shitty of a person that he is she's like there's got to be something better she's an an outsider to the like within the like system of that Mm -hmm. world right Mm-hmm. That's definitely part of it. Yeah, and I was thinking also because she's like she's new to this world. She's not like one of the original monsters because she was invented basically. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to the question of can these things have babies? Can skeletons have babies? Um, yeah. Do, do skeletons? I mean, there is that one babies? little boy. Yeah, I guess. There's that little boy, and then there's also Lock, Shock, and Barrel, unless you just want to say that they're just beings that live there. That are always yeah. going to be children? I don't know. I don't know if they get to make I, babies. Uh, I don't think skeletons make babies. No. No, I don't think skeletons make babies. With well, I don't think Jack Skellington and Sally could, because she's stuffed with leaves, and he's literally made of bones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, nice. There's a bone joke in there. But uh, duh. Yeah. He's the bone daddy. The bone daddy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So we get the scene. Jack doesn't understand Christmas. He becomes, like, he becomes this like super selfish monster, like Josh said. Uh, and like they hire the boogie kids. So like everybody has a job. Uh, Frankenstein has to make reindeer. Uh, Sally is going to make his clothes. Uh, because she's good at sewing. Uh, the Boogie Kids are gonna kidnap Sandy Claus, and don't. That tell is one Boogie. of my favorite songs. Yeah, that's really funny. <laughs> it is. It's literally one of my favorite songs because what I love about Lock, Shock, and Barrel is they look exactly like their masks. Yeah. So when they take their masks off to introduce themselves, it's the same fucking face. <laughs> and then it is the it is the creepiest songs about kids capturing and torturing something. So, like, one of my favorite lines from that song is kidnap the Sandy Claus, beat him with a stick, lock him up for 90 years, and see what makes him tick. 
Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, when when um, the lead singer of Corn was producing that song for the album, uh, <laughs> he like he did it live streaming so that people could watch him while he was like trying to figure out how to make it work. Um, I think I would have thoroughly enjoyed seeing that. Uh, the song is really funny when they do it. It's like because in in the song, one of the things they say is like. Uh, hey, we're gonna shoot him out of a cannon. No, we can't do that, idiot. That's no fun. Shut up! And, like, it's all very <laughs> funny between these three characters, but when it's just one person singing it, <laughs> the, guy, the lead singer from Cod <laughs> singing all three parts, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> they also are, like, not great at their job. They stole the Easter Bunny. <laughs> right. Oh my god, yeah. They don't that that guy doesn't look anything like a, a, a lobster man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> no. Uh oh, so going going back just a little bit, while they're singing Jack's obsession, which is when everyone's worried about Jack up in his tower, mm-hmm. he says the one thing that I think he finally kinda understands about Christmas, but he just takes that out of context. And that's just because I cannot see it doesn't mean I can't believe it. And I think that that's what kind of throws him into overboard. But I just wanted to jump back to that because I feel like that's a very big turning point for Jack wanting to be Santa Claus and just his madness in it. Yeah. Yeah. His whole thing is like, I want to make Christmas better. Like, that's what they're doing, right? They're like, we're not going to make it like them. We're not going to make it like they do Christmas. We're going to make it like we would do Christmas. We're going to make it. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it better by our standards. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's trying, he's going to try and make it better for the people in Christmas town. Like, I think we could do better than they're doing. So we're going to rock this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even then, like, he's being selfish, but he, like, he has, he's, like, telling himself maybe that, like, he's not. Like, he is trying to figure out a way to, like, uh, he's, like, we can do Christmas and make joy and happy. Like, he is delusional, like, which we see for sure when he's, like, getting rocket shot at him uh yeah he's like he's, he's like oh they're so happy thing. that i'm helping them make make this, Look, this fireworks. christmas yeah they're working he's working overtime to try and justify what he's doing um yeah and, and the only person who sees it is sally who's like sally. not yourself like this isn't working you are the pumpkin king you're not you're not santa claus yeah can you tell you're not a giant lobster <laughs> yeah first of all you're not a lobster he, he, she like shows him the picture of like him in the the suit versus him as um his uh, him as the pumpkin king and like she's like mm-hmm. don't you see that something's missing and he's like oh you're right i'm missing and he's like hat. oh yeah a hat <laughs> perfect um yeah he's so delusional and like <laughs> yeah this is the thing like i wish sally had been able to convince him of something <laughs> like he, like sally like <laughs> Sally doesn't even actually participate in him coming around and realizing his mistake. Like, he realizes his mistake on his own, on top of an angel, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like Sally knows all this stuff, is probably the coolest character, and, like, doesn't actually accomplish anything, which is, like, the problem, I think, with, like, my problem with her character. Like, she doesn't get to do anything. Well, I think she thought that she would help by going to get Santa Claus. She thought that if I could just get Santa back to his world and get Jack back here, we can fix it. Yeah, Santa can fix the problems. And she was right, Mm -hmm. but she wasn't able to save Santa. 
here, here's the cool thing about this. I love the Oogie Boogie song. The, this this whole scene is amazing to me. Um, it, it's like it looks so cool. This this idea of like Oogie Boogie is like a a gambler, and everything is like very chaotic. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's it's such an interesting thing to me. Yeah. Well, so like they, he has Santa Claus, and he's like he's like boogieing and dancing and like yeah. making a skeletons dance. It's very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he he's uh, clearly and like a powerful the Oogie Boogie creature. song. I'm sorry. And I guess you know while that's going on, Sally's trying to mess up Jack's idea of you know taking off and going to give these presents to the kids that they have made. Then she pours that fog juice into the fountain. And he, my note that I have wrote, written down is Sally pours fog juice into fountain to try to stop Jack, who is proud as fuck. <laughs> He's so <excited>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and one of, one of the characters go, this fog is as thick as jelly brains. And I just thought like that was our... so funny. <laughs> yeah. And, and then we have the, the Rudolph thing. Um, yeah. yeah, that's super Zero weird. with his like, nose so bright. Zero just can. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah. So one obviously... of the things that I saw, I, I thought it could be um, the dog from, oh gosh, what's that? Uh, the dog where he bring where he brings back the dog, like with electrocution. Oh, uh, Frankenweenie. Frankenweenie, yeah. So I read somewhere because that like, yeah. It, obviously, it's not true. But one of the things that I read was if you watch the movies in reverse, it's kind of like, um, the reverse of. Jack as a kid as to when he's dead and he has zero which is Frank and Weenie and his nose lights up because of the electrocution mm. in my heart that's the truth but that's okay but that's why I think his light his nose lights up that and for plot <laughs> okay I like that I also like uh, that I think that's funny uh, obviously so it doesn't gets work to yeah. drop off like yeah it doesn't work Jack's dropping off like shrunken heads in people's houses and like giant snakes that's eating trees for some reason and <laughs> uh, I like the, the Jack as Santa Claus scene uh, there are Christmas screams um, and and like it's just like the snake eating a tree got me I like just started laughing so hard when the snake started eating the tree I was like for what <laughs> I love when it goes what what did Santa bring you, honey? Shrunken head. And he's like turns around with a shrunken head. Yeah. And what's what's odd, what's so funny about this is Jack is still very, very pleased with himself. Yeah. He's yeah, like, he I am the success. best Sandy Claus ever. <laughs> right, because that's what success looks like on Halloween, right? Is like people mm-hmm. screaming and like yelling and like uh cut. <laughs> Yeah. But, like, the military is mobilizing. Like, I really like the, the like, TV announcer. Uh, like, telling everyone, the military is mobilizing to get Santa Claus imposter. <laughs> and so, like, they're shooting at him, and he's just super oblivious. And they're, like, <laughs> at the very end, he's like, Look, oh my the God. town is celebrating. What a good job I'm doing. <laughs> also, I have to say that we see Santa's underpants a lot in this movie. Yeah. Those, those uh, I guess, mistletoe on his pants. Um, yes. Yeah. It is a lot of mistletoe undergarments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they, anyway. they ultimately blow up Jack. Yeah, Jack he falls wins. down. Yes. 
and he's like, but he yells, he, he yells, he falls from the sky yelling, "Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night." Yeah, even going he's, down, he still believes. He thinks he's still done it. Yeah. He's like, "I killed this, literally, I killed this." <laughs> um, so I he's laying, it, he's laying on the uh, the 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 angel, um, and Zero brings him the bottom of his jaw, and he uh, he's like, "Oh, what have I done? Uh, this is awful." Yeah, he basically sings, "Oh shit, oops, yeah. my bad." How did I not see this would go badly? Um, and the town thinks he's dead. Yeah, everybody thinks that he's dead. Um, luckily, he has a realization. Oh, I can do Christmas, or I can I can do Halloween way better. I love Halloween. What am I doing? Um, mm -hmm. What I basically did tonight was another Halloween. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, apparently, I'm super good at Halloween. Why don't we just do Halloween? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so... He goes back in and uh, into that little grave thing and ends back up in his own world to save Sandy Claus. Mm -hmm. um, when Jack and Oogie are fighting, that's my favorite part of playing the Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. Is um, when they're in Oogie's lair and are fighting him. That was one of my side notes. Yeah. And we get to see Jack, like, at his best. Well, like, him being the reason that he's the king right like he he's like mm -hmm. diving through like swords and shit and like being being the superior scary creature um mm -hmm. and very like, spider like yeah exactly like it, it's very scary this thing that he's doing his the way his body contorts and moves is is kind of scary um yeah. and uh oh boogie oh, no. boogie starts to snag and He's yeah. made of bugs. And he turns into a bug man. I kind of... <laughs> that would gross me out more than Oogie himself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, and... I was wondering why he was a big sack. And then I was like, oh, he's got bugs inside of him. Yeah, he's made of bugs. It's a big sack of bugs. Yep. Yeah. And so basically, he didn't even really defeat Oogie. Oogie kind of defeated himself. Yeah. And uh, and then all of his bugs fall into lava. Um, and Santa Claus has to go save the day. Uh, but before Santa he leaves, basically was like, "Fuck you, Jack." Yeah, you yeah. don't get any presents. <laughs> he's like, he's Jack's apologizing to Santa, and he's basically like, "Fuck you," and floats out of the building. Skeleton. Let me go fucking save, like clean up your fucking mess. <laughs> I gotta go work double time. Of course, there's time to fix this. I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> I was waiting for the the moment where he's like, uh, "I think he's pronouncing it wrong." Um. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's convinced, um, and yeah, but luckily Santa gives them some snow before he leaves, and everybody else gets to experience what Jack experienced in the first place. Yeah, uh, yeah. that was a cool scene. Everybody's like, "What's this? What's this?" Yes, yeah. Halloween Town, and so like they they can find themselves able to experience both emotions yeah. at the same time. Yeah, yeah. O originally, what the they had had was there's witches playing hockey, and they're using a pumpkin. But originally, it was Tim Burton's head, like a severed head of Tim Burton, <laughs> and they changed it to a pumpkin. I would have liked that. That would have been great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he goes, and we've got this very romantic scene between um, uh, Jack and the girl. God, what is her name? Sally. Sally. Sally, thank you. Uh, there's this romantic scene between the two of them, and it's like the the picture of the, the on the front of the the disc and like it's them standing in front of the moon on that big hill and it's 
it's a very great song. It's like a, a final thing. Um, we can be together forever because I finally recognize that you're a person. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like. Okay. I I I think that I love Sally as a character. I don't think that this was necessary. Well, there's that whole song called Sally's Song where she sings about her premonition and her feelings for Jack. Yeah, but, like, Jack didn't have any feelings for her up until this time. Look, I've seen a lot of movies on Netflix where the girl is in love with the guy and he's not into her until the very end. Yeah. Don't ruin this for me, Josh. Okay, all right. (laughs) It was a perfect romantic scene. Nothing wrong with it. Um, that's what Blink-182 saying. Yeah. Blink-182 saying we can live like Jack and Sally. Oh. Hey. Oh, yeah, this is true. Yeah. I, I had never noticed. That. Weird. Mm-hmm. And we'll have Halloween on Christmas. Oh, my God. Yeah. Whoa. Oh, my God. You're so right. I have never noticed I that am. before. <laughs> wow. Holy shit. Okay. Mind mind blown. I'm done. Like I'm out. Count yeah, it's, Tony, you finished. It's this about off. finding someone who's just as weird as you. And I think that that's what Jack and Sally really liked about each other is they were both like there's got to be something more. And then they found out that the more is them together. <sighs> I consider me <laughs> bored. Yeah. Consider me like mind freaked. You're you're Chris Angel. My mind has been freaked. I am. You're welcome. I love it. <laughs> yep. It's uh, like what, a happy one of the things that, at the end. Yeah, one of the things that I'm surprised that I didn't say earlier was that this this was, a, obviously we know it's a stop motion film. It had 100 artists and technicians on it, 13 animators. They used 230 sets, hundreds of characters. 60 individual characters, three to four duplicates of each. There were three to four sculptors working on it. One minute of film was a week's worth of shooting. Jesus. And it, they shot it at 24 frames per second. So that's 24 poses per second of film. Wow. So can you imagine being that asshole that <laughs> they're on, you know, a week's worth of shooting. They're on day five of seven and bump something. Oh my god! The restart. You That's how you like, lose your job. You have to put some serious bump guards in place. <laughs> yeah. Well, what they did, which was kind of cool, is that they built the sets, and that uh, every two feet they had to be able to be able to reach. So they would build trap doors in certain parts of the sets oh. where the animators could pop up and reach out and do what they needed to do, and then pop back under. Cool. I like that. Very yeah, cool. and like that whole um, the whole. I guess you want to call it like Plaza of Halloween Town, mm. where it's got everybody's little houses. That set that they made was 24 feet long. Wow. In real life. Wow. So just to kind of get that into perspective. Wow. But that's a lot of people working a really long time on something. It took them three years to make the movie. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, I love it, stuff I mean, like it, that. It is a very visually enticing movie. This movie is very interesting to look at. Uh, uh, I ultimately I do love this movie. It is like my number nine favorite Disney movie. So I love this movie. Uh, I think it was a great one for us to do. Um, it is, I, I guess. And here's here's the last question, Heidi. Is this a mm-hmm. Halloween movie or a Christmas movie to you? 
I feel like it's more of a Christmas movie because they're trying to be Christmas. But I will watch it any time of the year. I'll watch it on Valentine's Day. Okay. Uh, that works for me. That's a good answer. Uh, so thank you again, Heidi, for joining us. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did it. Do you... You're welcome. Uh, hey, were you guys alive when this movie was released? I wasn't. October wait, wait. 1992? I was barely alive. I was alive for like a month. <laughs> yeah. um, just, just curious. Yeah. I, I, I still like it. Who cares? Um, <laughs> like, uh, I just, just... I had it written down. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I want to say thank you again. We appreciate you being on the show. It was a lot of fun. Um, You're welcome. Do you have a Twitter that you would like to plug or something? No, I don't have a Twitter. Okay. Or an Instagram. I have Instagram, but I can't think of um, my name. Okay. You can always just look for Heidi Tyler. I'm the one with the holding the baby. Okay. Uh, so follow, <laughs> follow Heidi on Instagram. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Front Porch Disney. You can find me on Twitter at Front Porch Josh. And I'm also on Twitter at Front Porch Tony. And you should find us on iTunes and uh, rate, subscribe, and all of that stuff. You, uh, it's Christmas time apparently uh, when this is going to come out. So happy, happy. Well, if it's Christmas. Christmas time, go, go to um, Disney World because they turn the haunted mansion into Jack has taken over the haunted mansion, and they have a whole um, change of scenery there. I watched oh, yeah. thirty minutes special like, on it oogie boogies around and he's like doing his stuff i've seen things over yeah this. so i really want to go sometime yeah that oh, would be cool, cool to go to uh anyway thank you so much for listening happy uh happy christmas everybody or whatever holidays that you uh, observe and tony sing us out uh okay what's this what's this What's this? What's this? Goodbye. I love to linger here like this. Hold your hand and steal a kiss or two on the front porch with you. Hey, Dawn, remind me again how most people watch TV shows. Really? That's silly, Rachel. They watch them the totally normal way. They start at episode one, and then they move on to two and three and so on. Hmm. Okay, I was thinking for our Quantum Leap podcast, Beckett to the Future, we could try something different. Different, you say? Yeah, different. Like, what if we watch the episodes in chronological order of the dates that Sam Beckett leaps to? Would we still discuss all the cringeworthy moments, review all the historical accuracy and inaccuracies, and do detailed reviews of Al's outfits? Of course. Won't it be heckin' confusing, though? Of course. Okay, let's do it. Listen to Beckett to the Future, a Quantum Leap podcast, every Thursday on iTunes and BeckettFuturePod.com. Oh, oh boy! boy.